0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The church calendar has many benefits. For one, it teaches us to tell time by connecting our lives to the life of Christ and His church. So in Advent, we wait and we relive the story of Israel who is anticipating the Messiah. At Christmas, we celebrate the arrival of Of the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. Twelve days after Christmas at Epiphany, we celebrate not only that the Messiah has come, but he has come as a light to the nations. He has come as good news, not just for Israel, but to the whole world. The Gospel of Matthew moves us from Jesus' birth, so from his early, early days, to his baptism when he was 30 years old. So here at the beginning of this Epiphany Tide, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And it's quite appropriate today also that we are celebrating a baptism, the baptism of Maeve Burke. At the beginning of each calendar new year, I do what lots of you do, what many folks do. I reflect a bit on the past year. I think about the new year ahead and I write down some goals. The new calendar year for many of us is a time to restart. It's a time to recommit. And if you're anything like me, I'm always a little bit overzealous with what I think I'm going to be able to accomplish in the new year. I tend to shoot for the stars, hoping I'll hit something along the way. But it strikes me today, here at the beginning of this new calendar year, that one of the best things that we can do as those who follow Jesus is to do nothing. But rather, rather than trying to do something, we should do something very important, remember. Remember the vast treasure trove of resources and riches that you have been given in Christ. Remember, this is something very important for us to do here at the beginning of this new year. Remember what God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, the resources he has given us. He has equipped us. He has outfitted us. He has made an enormous deposit into our accounts. And the crazy thing is, We can zip through another year worried about this and that, overwhelmed by all the immediate pressures that we face. We can be so concerned about what we don't have that we forget about what we do have in Christ. What resources am I talking about in particular? I'm talking about water, talking about bread, and I'm talking about wine. Jesus has given us ordinary matter very common, ordinary things in water, bread, and wine. And he's given this to us as a provision for this new year and for every year that we live. Folks in the church have called this the ordinary means of grace. It's ordinary, water, bread, wine. But these ordinary provisions are connected to a promise and bring us extraordinary grace. But we have to avail ourselves of these resources by faith of course specifically i'm talking about baptism and communion we celebrate communion together weekly it should never get old for us but baptism is just important in in today's service we get to celebrate both baptism and communion even though baptism happens once it's the sacrament of initiation into the family of god we should always keep our baptism before us because baptism actually even though it happens once it is an ongoing resource that we have So here we're faced this morning in our gospel lesson with Jesus' baptism. Jesus' baptism is different from our baptism as Christians, but it's still instructive for us. There's been an ongoing search for the last 150 years to find the true source of the Nile, this greatest river in the world. Of course, it seems obvious that it's Lake Victoria, this giant lake. But where are the true headwaters? Where are the true source that feed Lake Victoria, which feeds this amazing river in the Nile. And there's been all kinds of efforts to find the true headwaters. And it's thought that the true source of the Nile is a small stream that feeds a river that feeds into Lake Victoria, this tiny kind of headwater. We can trace our baptisms back to the source, back to the headwaters Of Jesus' baptism. So what do we learn here at the headwaters at Jesus' baptism that's instructive for us? There's so many different things that we could consider at Jesus' baptism, but I want us to focus in on just one slice of it, one angle this morning. So let's get the scene again in front of us. John the Baptist has been preparing the way for the arrival of God's kingdom, and he tells us, he says, one is coming. He's telling Israel, one is coming after me who's even greater and he will baptize in a much more powerful way with Holy Spirit and fire. So John is saying, get ready. He's, this, this one's going to come in. He's going to gather the harvest. He's going to throw out the shaft. And John's kind of telling of this. This Messiah is going to come for of guns a-blazing. And um, it's going to be like something you've never seen before. And everyone's on the edge of their seat waiting for this coming one that John is talking about, waiting for the arrival of this mighty one. Everyone's amped up, pumped up. There's going to be lots of fireworks when the Messiah finally comes, this one greater than John the Baptist. And we come to verse 13. Here he is, Jesus. He came from Galilee to the Jordan to John and we're expecting, here are the fireworks. Here's going to be this baptism of Holy Spirit and fire. And here's the shocker. Jesus came to John to be baptized by him. This is surprising. It's surprising to John. John wants to stop this. He says, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Whatever is going on here, this is an incredible act of humility on the part of Jesus. Jesus does not need to be baptized because he's a sinner. He is not a sinner. But he goes down into the waters of baptism with sinners to identify with them. Jesus is preparing the water for us. His baptism is the headwaters for us. But there's something else in view here that Jesus tells us about baptism that's important for us to understand. There's lots of questions about why exactly was Jesus baptized. Matthew, in his account, Jesus tells us why he was baptized. Jesus says to John, um, let it be so, or John says, let it be so, and then Jesus says, uh, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is the reason Jesus gives why he is to be baptized. It is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And then John, the obedient disciple, he obeys Jesus and baptizes him. So Jesus says his baptism is to fulfill all righteousness. What exactly does that mean? What are we to make of Jesus's reason for his baptism to fulfill all righteousness? Our Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 42, sheds amazing light on Jesus' baptism. Because here in Isaiah 42, we hear of a servant who will be anointed with the Lord's Spirit. And in this anointing of the Lord's Spirit, this servant will, like no other, bring justice to the world, justice to the nations. Anointed with the Spirit, this servant will be the Lord's righteous one who will set the world right, who will bring justice justice in a final comprehensive way now we hear a lot about justice today and rightly so these are good concerns concerns for justice social justice justice for oppressed groups we are rightly concerned about issues of justice but the question always arises whose understanding of justice who gets to decide what at the end of the day is truly just or not who's making these decisions And why should we trust them? Who gets to decide what is just in any given situation? By what standard do you say something is just or not? And often the answer is, well, it's just obvious, isn't it? But that's the one thing actually that is not obvious. (laughs) Because there's so much conflict, so much controversy, so much fighting over what actually is just. But when the Messiah comes, he will bring true justice and will not stop We read in Isaiah, until his justice is established to the ends of the earth. Now, justice has a very rich meaning in the prophets, and there's lots that we could say about this, but I think there's three ways we can think about God's justice in the prophets. First, it's God's truth. In Isaiah 41, the Lord is declaring himself, right before Isaiah 42, the Lord is declaring himself the final arbiter over all idols, false idols in the world. The Lord as judge, the Lord as the just one who brings justice is the Lord who is the true God above all other gods. His truth is the final truth. But justice also has a connotation in the prophets of not just the Lord as the true God among all other gods. It is God's ways, his teachings, which is a communication of his righteousness. But then there's the enactment of this justice, God's good order. Where things are finally put right in the real world. The Lord will enact his righteousness. The Lord is concerned about justice. He will show the world what justice is, though, in a final way through this servant. You want to know what justice looks like? Do you want to define justice? Then you concentrate yourself on this servant. Who comes? You devote yourself to this servant, to his teachings, to his ways, to the way that he interacts with others, the way he interacts with the world, the teachings that he brings from Yahweh. This is true justice. And the servant will bring this. The servant who will be anointed and set apart to be the one who brings God justice, not just to Israel, but to the world. So back at Jesus' baptism, with all of that in view, here we have... A spirit descending on the Lord's servant at Jesus' baptism. And he's the one through whom the Lord will reveal his righteousness to the nations. He will fulfill all righteousness at his baptism. Later in Matthew, Jesus says he has not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. The same word that's used here when Jesus says his baptism is to fulfill all righteousness That is to say, he will bring the truest expression, the truest meaning to the law and the prophets. And here Jesus being set apart in his baptism is bringing the truest meaning, the truest expression to righteousness and to justice. He's being set apart by the Spirit as the Lord's servant to do just that. Jesus comes as the embodiment of God's truth. He claims to be the way. There are not many ways. Jesus says there is one way and it's through him. He comes to show us God's ways through his teaching. And he actually comes to enact God's ways through establishing a new order, one that is reflective of the Lord's character and the Lord's justice. And at Jesus' baptism, he is set apart as an instrument of God's righteousness in the world. It's actually a bit similar for us when we think about our baptism. Again, our baptism is different from Jesus's in many ways. But in baptism, we too are set apart, given the Spirit of God, so that we can be instruments of righteousness, instruments of justice in God's world, to be those who declare God's truth, who point people to God's ways, and who bring about through our actions good order in the world. When Paul talks about baptism in Romans 6, he says that in baptism we die to sin, the old life that um, is our pre baptismal life, even though sin continues, certainly. But we die to that principle of sin so that we can live our lives for what? For righteousness. Paul talks about baptism, and then he says in Romans 6 let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. In baptism, our bodies are presented to God to be instruments of righteousness and justice in the world. Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And he shows, you see this especially in Matthew's gospel, what the baptized life looks like. What the baptized looks like in calling us into freedom. Freedom and life in him following his ways. The baptized life seeks to imitate Christ in his righteousness. Righteousness. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit who descends on Christ, sets them apart as a righteous one who is empowered to bring about this righteousness of God. But the Spirit also, the gift given to us in baptism, the Spirit brings new life. And it's by the Spirit that we follow Christ, and we seek to be instruments of righteousness in the world. Here at the new year, we're primed to think about our bodies you may not want to think about your body right now, but lots of people think about this. This is the beginning of the new year. This is the month when gems make their money. So think about your body with me for a second. Christian, your body, your flesh, your body is a baptized body. At some point, you may not remember it, water hit your body and you were marked out and claimed as the Lord's own in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You live in your body. You move around in your body. You interact with people in your body. You work in your body. You sleep in your body. You play in your body. Your body, with all of its problems, ailments, the body that you maybe don't like that much, your body is a gift to you. And you're meant to steward your body. And it's that body that has been baptized. It's that body that has been marked out to live differently. Whether you were baptized at six weeks old, or 60 years old your body is the real you your body has been baptized set apart to live in accordance with God's truth to be an instrument of righteousness so what do we do with our baptized bodies we can think about our bodies and how they can be instruments of righteousness instruments of justice in the world our bodies have tongues our tongue should be full of righteousness, speaking truth and love, blessing, not cursing, building up, not gossiping. Our eyes, our eyes should be trained to look on God's creation with gratitude, not with envy or lust. Our ears, our ears should be open to listen, primarily to listen and hear the words of the Lord each Lord's day and every day. Our hands should be productive and generous. Working hard, not just for ourselves, but serving others. Seeking justice for the sake of others. Our feet, our feet should be ready to move towards those in need with speed and in love. Our sexuality, our sexuality should be disciplined to be in line with God's design for it. Our minds, our minds should be filled with things that are true, noble, worthy, and of good report. This is the baptized body that has been given the Spirit and called to live in accordance with the righteousness that Christ shows us and models for us in his life. So given the Spirit of Christ in baptism, this is a vast resource we have. By grace, we can grow up into likeness. We're about to celebrate the baptism of Maeve. Maeve will be baptized into this life that Jesus has prepared by his baptism. But when we celebrate a baptism, we don't just remember the one who is being baptized. We remember our own baptisms. Every baptism is an opportunity to rededicate your life to Christ, to renew your vows to the Lord, to remember his grace and his love that has been given to you, and to remember the calling that he has placed in your life, to live for him. This is a great way to start a new year. Make goals Do all sorts of things to get your priorities in order. But one of the best things you can do at the beginning of this new year is to remember your baptism. Remember that in baptism we renounce the devil, the world, the empty promises of the world. We renounce the sinful desires of our flesh. But we also turn again to Jesus. We receive all that the Father has given us. We pledge again to keep God's word, to walk in his ways with his help. We confess the creed of our baptismal faith, the Apostles' Creed, as what is essential for our belief and practice. Remember your baptism this morning. Your body has been marked out by holy water as Christ's own forever. He has given you, whether you feel like it or not, if you've been baptized and if you trust Jesus, you have been given the Spirit. So use your body in the power of the Spirit as an instrument of righteousness. And remember that that baptized body of yours, like the baptized body of Jesus, will one day, after your death, be raised again bodily to enjoy fellowship with the Lord age after age. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, in baptism you identify with our sinful humanity, by our baptisms, Strengthen us to present our bodies as instruments of righteousness and the power of your spirit so that we might be living sacrifices for you and enjoy fellowship with you in the newness of life, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit reigns. Amen.